Hello, bonsoir, and welcome to the Get French Football News Show. I'm your host, Nathan Staples, and joining me this week are Eric Devin and Philip Bargil. We have just taken the penultimate lap of the league and circuit, and with the finish line in sight, teams have one more chance at glory or despair. But before we look at all the different permutations of a final week of the season, here are the latest headlines. With the final two match days of Ligue 1 being played at once, fans of France's top flight have to wait until Saturday evening to get their football fix, with much of the focus on Lyon, as a visit from Monaco saw both teams enter the match level on 62 points. A win for either side poised to essentially confirm entry to the Champions League group stages next season. The hosts proved more than up for that occasion, extending their best home record in the league in uh, extending the best home record in the league in 2016 with a 6-1 win. A pair of strikes challenges from uh, challenges from uh, Lessine Traore, seeing the big Ivorian sent off on 23 minutes with Lyon already 2-0 up. Alexandre Lacazette ran the show with a hat-trick while defender Mapu, Yenga and Biwa added a pair of goals as well. Nice stole a march on Saint-Étienne when Lever visited the Alliance Arena, winning 2-0 to leapfrog France's hottest team courtesy of a late Valère Germain brace. The Monaco Loney setting a career best in the top flight with his 13th and 14th goals of the campaign. The result sees Nice into fourth and forces Monaco to beat Montpellier on to hold on to third place. Another matches of importance to the European race. Hapless Rennes lost 2-0 to at Montpellier, officially confirming their elimination from European football. Uh, thanks to Lille earning a point at home in a scoreless draw against Gangomp. In the relegation battle, Toulouse have unbelievably moved above the dotted line on goal difference. Oscar Toyho scoring a goal powering the hosts past Trois by a goal to nil. And on two level points with Gazaleka Jaxio, who was soundly beaten at home to PSG 4 0. Champions backed by an Edison Cavani hat trick. <coughs> Marseille were, like PSG, similarly unkind, recording that elusive home win over Reims, 1-0, with Michi Batshuayi on target for the 17th time this season, a result which sees the Champagne club slip into 19th, but just a point behind their two rivals. The other three matches pitted together a sundry, a sundry assortment of clubs with little to play for, Bordeaux beating Lorient 3-0 at home, Caen winning 2-1 at Nantes and Bastia defeating Angers 1-0 in Corsica. In Ligue 2, Metz all but confirmed promotion with a fourth win in a row, a defeat of Tours, which sees the club claim third spot barring a seven-goal swing in goal difference between themselves and a valiant Leave. Nancy confirmed the second division title, with Metz still able to catch Dijon in second on the final day of the season on Friday. At the bottom end of the table, Niort confirmed their safety with a huge win over Cretille, while Evian's loss to Nancy sees the club staring down a second consecutive relegation, three points behind Sochaux in 18th. And that's this week's news, but remember, to keep up to date with all the latest going on in the world of French football, head on over to our website at www getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. We start this week by looking at what could happen on that final match day of the league season. The championship is tied up, but both the European places and the bottom three are yet to be finalised, with plenty of potential outcomes, but we shall start with the top end of the table and Lyon's emphatic 6-1 win against Monaco that all but sealed that second place. Philip, how big was that win for Lyon? Yeah, football won on, on Saturday evening. I was uh, extremely uh, happy to see a Lyon side um, just um, uh, free to play their, their own football as they, as they have been um, for a couple of, of games. Uh, their season is uh, is really uh, is really uh, two uh, two halves. I don't uh, really look 
look like each other. Uh, and since uh, Genesio took the reins, it has been much more enthusiastic, and uh, Gezal has improved, like as it has been scoring goals. Corne has not been playing too too badly. Uh, Dade has been has been playing better. And uh, you 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 saw all this uh, this kind of enthusiasm, the, the sort of enthusiasm of of last season, and you know I've always been of the opinion it was uh, Monaco being second was more um, other sides like Lyon um, just not uh, not turning up, and um, I think on I think for the last uh, last few months of the season, especially when they beat uh, beat PSG at uh, at home. I reckon they showed that they are the second best team in um, in the league, and uh, this shows by the amount of goals they're scoring. The defense has gotten um, better. Uh, Young Gambiwa uh, was uh, was absolutely shocking in the, f- the first half of the season. He's been uh, he hasn't been uh, as bad in, in the second half of the season, and you know it's just it's just it's just great uh, to to see to see Lyon uh, going going back to their. Um, rightful spot, I think, because I do believe this squad is the second best squad in Liga. So that's uh, it's uh, it's honestly great news. It's uh, it's good to have them to to keep having them in the Champions League. Hopefully they'll do better uh, next season than they did this season, where they finish bottom. Um, and uh, yeah, the summer is also going to be extremely exciting uh, regarding uh, players like uh, like like Azette. Um, and uh, gen- generally, um, generally, actually, actually, good news for French football. Yeah, and it was a good sign for Leon, who've been struggling all season, really, Eric, for consistency. But recently, have hit that vein of form we all expected. But they really thumped Monaco in a game that was really, really important to both sides. I mean, it shows the character they've built over the last couple of weeks, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, it, it wasn't just an. You know, I mean, again, it was an offensive display, but it was it was a complete performance from Leon. I mean, the fact that they were just outplaying Monaco in every phase of the game defensively and going forward shows the energy that they're getting from uh, the Stade de Lumière. As you mentioned in the, in, in the introduction, uh, they're undefeated in the league uh, at this new stadium. Uh, the more their performances continue, continue to improve, uh, the more fans are getting behind the club, and, you know, it's making it at the level that uh, the old stadium was uh, on its best nights, and and that's the sort of thing that this team need. I mean, you know, this team, Leon as a club, have really suffered over the past six or seven years. Uh, you know, probably dating back to when they they bought Yohan Gorkup and how that didn't work out, and placed them in a bad bad situation financially and the number of players they've needed to unload. Uh, and yes, they had some exciting young players coming through, but. Uh, injuries have done have been an issue for a lot of them. I'm thinking of the likes of Clement Grenier and Gato Fofana, uh, players that had done well but you know, seen their career sort of dashed, and it didn't seem like much was going right for the club. Um, yet again, you know, last season's performance uh, was inspirational, uh, but the way this season started, particularly in the Champions League, they couldn't really have asked for a better draw. And just to see that the performance in the group stage be uh, so ineffectual, I think. It really put a damper on on the, on the way this team was, and the thinking be, began to become that it was last season just really a flash in the pan. But again, to respond uh, in what's easily their biggest match of the season uh, in, in such a comprehensive and complete way, uh, you know, shows a great credit to the players uh, and a great a great credit to uh, the work that Genesio has done to, again, as Phil said, you know, to really improve some of these players who had been. Uh, sort of persona non grata, non grata in the first half of the season. Darde and Young and Bio are the, the greatest examples of that, but uh, Rashid Ghazal as well really came out of nowhere. He was starting almost by default uh, around the turn of the season just because of the injuries the team had had. Uh, and, you know, now looks now looks to be, you know, once again one of France's best young players, which is where he was regarded two or three years ago. Uh, and, yeah, it, it, the future is bright for Lyon. Uh, even if Lacazette does go in the summer, uh, which I hope he doesn't. Uh, I think this team has a real chance to uh, make an impact in the Champions League and maybe, maybe, dare, dare I whisper it, uh, give uh, PSG a little bit more of a, a battle for the title uh, than they did this season. Should be less than 30 points a gap next season, hopefully. Should be less than 30 points. 
Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> that can be the hope, at least. At least it might be a closer race. But you mentioned there, like, is that he's the real X factor and he's really turned it on in the last couple of weeks. And the hat trick was really the cherry on top of the on top of the cake for him at the moment in his form. And it's good to see them really pretty much seal that spot. They would need it's a ridiculous swing in Monaco's favour. They would need to lose, and Monaco would need to win by at least twenty three goals. I I think that one might be sewn up. I think, but you never you never know. You never know. But which is, <laughs> yeah, which is pretty much half their goals. Yeah, which, which, which means that they would have to have an absolute blind race at Montpellier and they would have to drift off. But talking and you of, would have to lose at Reims. Yeah, which we'll is talk about this later, but um, you know, that, after that, such that, an emphatic win, will they be okay? We're second. Let's uh, let's take the uh, take the foot off the pedal, and let Reims have uh, you know their last win. Uh, whether that will be. Uh, that will be useful or not, um, but uh, I, I, I really can't, can't see Monaco finishing second, no, that's for sure. Well, the real question now is they've they've petered in the last sort of few weeks, Monaco. They've just about hung on to those Champions League places. Now, if they don't win at Montpellier, and heaven forbid they even draw at Montpellier, then Nice have a real chance of stealing that third spot. They have a 11-plus goal difference on Monaco and a win combined with either a Monaco draw or a defeat will put them above them. Could Monaco slip out of those Champions League places, Philip? You, you know what? I really don't know because uh, Monaco Monaco's form has not been uh, very good, and I I reckon I reckon Montpellier is uh, has a, is a kind of form a side who is accustomed to struggling at the bottom, but who has been safe for a couple of uh, couple of games, and we saw that at Reims. Well, they won completely against the odds. I think they were they were already pretty much safe when they went to when they went to Lens. But you know, it, it's it's that kind of that kind of form they are in. They say, okay, so last game of the season, let's have some fun. No pressure. No, you know, just no worries. Well, Monaco have trouble scoring goals. Have had trouble scoring goals all season. And I, you know, I, I can I can actually see uh, Monaco not winning this uh, not win, winning this game. It's uh, it's nice winning at Gangol that I don't that I'm I'm quite uh, sceptical about as well. So it could be a case of Monaco and it's not winning uh, ease of them not winning, which would be a bit of a of a shame though. But uh, again, the same question adds um, is who do we want in third? Do we want Monaco or Nice? Monaco have been in the playoff last season. Nice have not had the European football in a while. Um, how are they going to uh, to manage that? Is is Ben Arthur going to stay, and and so on and so on. Uh, but I, you know, selfishly, I would I would probably say probably say Monaco is a more experienced, have are better equipped to win uh, that playoff. It would be really good for French football that they that they won it because uh, it's been uh, what five, three years, four years, even five years that uh, we lost that uh, that playoff. So last season we were against uh, Valencia, Lyon lost it to Sociedad a few years back. It was just um, it, it would I, I think I think Monaco would be uh, more more equipped, but I, I don't know. I, I can sense a, a surprise. I can sense Monaco not 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 winning or at least not winning it easily, not having it easy. So Eric, let's talk about the possibility of Monaco even missing out. I mean, they they barely turned up to the game at the weekend, which would have sealed third, and even a draw would have been a real plus point, but. How much of it? How much of a blow would it be if they missed out on Champions League football? I think it would have to. River Club would have to really consider the the nature of the project. I mean, granted, this team have really been undone by injuries this season. Uh, I think just about every significant outfield player has missed some some bit of time, even if it's just a month. But particularly uh, Thomas Silva, uh, Dama Traore, Tumi Bakayoko, uh, they've had you know quite quite a few injuries and. That coupled with the loss of Anthony Marshall right at the end of the season, uh, it's just been a lot for Jardim to overcome. And I think that the assumption was on the part of uh, the part of Riblovlev that was, oh, you know, if we have all this talent coming in, and you know, we're able to overcome, you know, what's a middling rest of Liga. But the fact of the matter is, you know, you have teams that have really coalesced in a way that's that's been surprising. Uh, that being Nice and Saint-Étienne, and I, I think that. You know, as uneven as Monaco have been, it's it's just not it's not been enough. 
in in uh, in a league that's that's produced you know a handful of surprises this season. And uh, if the club do find themselves on the outside looking in, uh, you know I think they have to really question their transfer strategy. I mean, even before the selling of the likes of Marshall and Abdenor, uh, they were they were still in, in a, they were still uh, in the in the in the in the green over or in the black overall in the transfer market, if you will. And there was really you know no need to have sold those those last two players at the time they did. I mean, you know, had they held on to Marshall and Abdenor, they would have been a little bit tighter at the back. They would have had more of a focal point going forward. And I think that you know. If Rublev does want to continue this project with Monaco, uh, I think he needs to be a little bit more appreciative of the general standard of, of Ligue 1. I, the club have had a, a bit of an easy walk in there since since returning from Ligue 2 a few years ago, and I think that this this season's been perhaps a little bit of a wake up call as to what level of play uh, they need to be at. And again, you know, the injuries have been have been an issue for the club, but the simple fact of the matter is, uh, you, you need to be able to keep keep more key players, it, it can't be just solely turning players over. Kadogby has another absence as well, but I think it's been really keenly felt. So, you know, I think a more holistic view needs to be taken by the hierarchy of Monaco if they, if, if indeed they do miss out on the Champions League. Uh, if they make the playoffs, you know, again, I, I give them a good chance. They have a good coefficient. Uh, I think they would probably be seated, uh, depending on who their opposition is, which would give them a good chance to progress. But, again, French clubs haven't had the best record in that, in that level of the competition. Uh, since France dropped to sixth, I don't think that any any team has advanced uh, into the group stage from the playoff round. If I'm recalling correctly, that'd be Lyon, Lille, and Monaco have all lost at that stage since uh, since France slipped to, to sixth in the coefficient. Well, we've briefly mentioned another team that might usurp, and then that's Nice. <laughs> They've been on a really good run turn the season, although they've had a couple of slip-ups, but they've they've managed to keep in there, Philip, and if they did make the Champions League, although there's a lot of clubs sniffing around him, would Ben Arthur consider say? I think I think I think he would. Um, depending on who um, who wants him, uh, a lot of people are saying Barcelona is a is a good proposition for him, and quite frankly, I'm I'm inclined to agree with uh, with this. Um, um, free-flowing, uh, lots of uh, lots of quick passing and uh, and very very sharp dribbling skills. I think he, he'd fit uh, right in. I think he'd learn uh, quite a lot from um, all the players all, uh, around him. I think a lot. Of, uh, I, I don't think he's suitable for a lot of other uh, other clubs. And if um, the chairman says, "Okay, I can give you the same money for 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 another for another season," and you know, if if you don't like it. If we're in a bad if if we're in a bad run, you know, you can leave in uh, you uh, you can leave in um, in January for uh, a lot of money and uh, basically get get us get us lots and lots of cash. It could you know it could happen, but um, uh, I I I really I really I really think um, that um, he he would he would possibly going to uh, to a side like uh, to a side like Barcelona could be could be heading to La Liga. I just I just don't believe in a in a Premiership uh, return after what uh, what happened in 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 England. Uh, I, I think he's up for a new challenge, a new league, uh, shall we say? And that uh, I think I think the league suits him. I don't, Eric, obviously you watch more La Liga uh, stuff than me. I don't know if you agree. Sorry, the, the Jardim should leave. No, no, Ben Alpha. Oh, sorry. Yes, I did see that. Um, yeah, I, I think that for a player at his point in his career, it, made, it makes more sense that he could be, you know, sort of a wily veteran off the bench, uh, filling that role that Pedro had. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Or maybe you know, Atletico or something like that. Well, maybe it's a bit too defensive, too too physical. Yeah, uh, Liga is is quite physical, and he's he's doing, not doing too bad. Um, so maybe a side like this, I don't know. Mm. I think those two sides are really the two sides that could, yeah, that could uh, suit him very, very well. I just don't, I, you know, I don't, I, I don't know how, how the news are going in in England, Nathan. But I just don't see a Premiership return. No, I don't think there's been any flutters recently of of Premiership movement, other than the not decent rumours. That is no, not nothing as concrete as the Barcelona ones at the moment. That, uh, yeah. Rumours that he's had interviews and stuff, but uh, Eric, I do want to get your thoughts about Nice's season overall. Really, I think we can all agree that they've probably been the surprise of the season, regardless of if they finish in those Champions League places, haven't they? Yeah, I, th I think that you know, 
things looked like a little bit dour with the, the you know the injuries that they'd suffered. <clears throat> Pardon me to the likes of of Alessandro Playa, but uh, the players that they brought in, the likes of Ricardo, uh, Paul Baez, even uh, Valerie Germain, uh, they've been really canny in the transfer market uh, to you know provide Hatem Ben Arfa with uh, a really dynamic team to give him the platform on, on which to build. Pardon me, on which which to to build his, his success and. You know, it hasn't been perfect for the team. Uh, I mean, Mikhail Lebihan was brought in from Leav, and he's been injured. Uh, but, you know, the the way the clubs operate in the transfer window, the way the team, you know, play an attractive style of expansive football, uh, I think they've really done well to to construct this team in a way that's going to allow them to continue to be successful going forward. Uh, it would be a huge blow if Ben Arfa were to leave. I think that the confidence that's been instilled in a lot of these younger players, uh, or players that haven't had much experience in Ligue 1, uh, is really impressive to see. I mean, Jean-Michel Serre has, has gone from you know basically nowhere to being a uh, uh, full-fledged international. Uh, Remy Walter, brought in from Nazi, I think has a lot of potential to continue to develop, and this team is just I think is going to continue to be the one to watch, and one that's really emblematic of of uh, the way that success can be achieved in French football through. You know, exciting mix of young and unheralded players. I mean, France has always been the country that's willing to do uh, the legwork to to bring these players out from other other more lightly regarded leagues and and to and lightly regarded teams and to 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 get a level of success um, that, uh, that that provides for attractive attacking football. Um, you know, whether or not that can be sustained. Uh, you know, going into the next season is is another question. I mean, there'll be more a little bit of a target on their backs, if you will, and it remains to be seen what their clubs will do in the summer. But uh, I think overall, it's been a really you know impressive season from the club uh, and from Claude Puel. I mean, he's he's a manager whose uh, reputation has been variously damaged at, at other stops. I mean, basically being run out of Lyon, uh, despite the success that he had he had at the team. You know, he, I think he sort of, his approach sort of you know. Left a little bit, left a few of those players uh, from his time at Leon feeling a little, a little burnt out on his methods. But uh, you know, with a, a generally a younger team, I, I think that his his you know all his particular pr- approach to players on a personal level, I think, is is working wonders and really uh, bringing the best out of a lot of these players who had been you know sort of not really on the radar of, of a lot of clubs. I mean, it, it's a credit. You know, we're seeing news that. Uh, Porto want to cut short Ricardo Pereira's uh, loan. I mean, that's a credit to how well the, he is, he individuals developed. I mean, Porto are a team that are you know regularly again not having the best season, but are regularly in the Champions League. And if they think he's of the quality that they should bring him back, I mean, that's an, that's you know another uh, feather in Puel's cap in terms of how he's developed him as a player this season. And I think, like you mentioned, that it's. It's really been a terrific season for them and they've been very clever in the transfer market to get the players that have really pushed them on this season. But, like Philip said, they, they may have a banana skin against Gangomp and if they do lose, that opens the door for Saint-Etienne to go above them. They have a game against Lille that will be very important to both clubs. If Lille beats Saint-Etienne, they will finish fifth. Uh, <laughs> it gets strange that how many teams can jump each other, Philip. But well, well, what's what's really the difference? Uh, who gets uh, who gets direct direct access to the Europa League, or does everyone get the playoffs? I believe fourth place gets direct access. Yes. Okay, and then fifth and sixth. Does it does it make a difference who finished fifth and sixth? Fifth are definitely in Europa League, but in a qualifying stage, I believe sixth and sixth two maybe depends. two rounds. Yeah. I'm not yeah. I, it may be yeah. an extra couple of rounds. Okay, so that would be some kind of equivalent of uh, when you were playing the Intertoto Cup last uh, last tie, and uh, basically replacing your friendies with uh, playing in a in a playing against uh, um, European minnows. Because it's, because you you had uh, you had this. It's not when Montpellier won the league. I think they were finished fourth or something, maybe fifth. And uh, they did have to play aside from Hungary, I believe, in the uh, in the last qualifying round. So it was a round before the playoffs, and they lost that. So uh, Liga sides sometimes prefer to say no to Europe, full stop. And I 
I, I honest, I, I don't think uh, either Antonetti or Galtier are that kind of kind of managers. But uh, we don't really know if Galtier is going to stay. Um, I think Antonetti uh, staying is uh, is pretty 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 sure. But hopefully nobody does that. And I I believe Nice Saint Etienne Lille are not um, not bad uh, not bad sides to represent France in the in the Europa League next season. And very quickly, Eric on on Lille, if they did win that game against Saint-Étienne and go above them, it will mark an incredible rise, really, from when they look like they might struggle for goals and struggle to really get anywhere in the league to possibly be finishing fifth and having a comfortable Europa spot. Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a great credit to Antonetti. I mean, this team's always had the tools defensively in terms of Anyama, Basha, uh, the youngster Adama Samaro, uh, Ronald Civelli to be... You know, one of the and, and two decent fullbacks too, in, in Corsia and and uh, Sidibe. But uh, you know, they looked a little bit at sea sea in attack. I mean, it, you know, Buffal had been, had been good, but it, you know, was really doing it on his own. But um, the way that this team has really coalesced uh, among um, after bringing in uh, the likes of Adair and Ronnie Lopez um, in the in the in the winter window, I think that they've really you know got things going right in attack, and it's been. Pardon me. It's been it's been pleasing to watch. I mean, it's it's been a long time, maybe since even even dating back to the the spell of Eden Eden Hazard at the club, but we can say that hey, you know, Lille are a decent team to watch. They've got some some great attacking talent, and uh, you know, even if Buffal does leave, you know, I think that there's uh, there's a lot of younger talent there uh, that that can be that can continue to give the the team um, enough enough interest going forward. Uh, you know, maybe. Another year on loan for Ronnie Lopez, you know, maybe continuing development of the likes of Talo, Nangis, Baptiste Guillaume. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of potential here, particularly if Martinez sticks around. He he knows how to get the job done in terms of the league table, so relegation wouldn't be a worry as it had been earlier in the season. And pardon me, who knows? Maybe they might be able to spring a surprise in Europe as well. Yeah, and it would be interesting to see if they do win that final game and. and really show a remarkable rise over the second half of the season. But as for things at the bottom of the table, it all comes down to one game. Uh, Toulouse leapt out of the bottom three with a win against Troyes, and three more points against Angers will guarantee league and football for them next season. If they draw or lose, it will give Gazleke Ajaxio and Stade de Reims a chance, with the latter needing a win to stand any chance of survival. So we'll start with to lose. Philip, how important was that win at the weekend? This was the first time Toulouse were out of the bottom three since October 23rd, which was a bit more than half the season. And it was massive. You could see you could see that. So this was against Troyes, Troyes who uh, will become the worst team in ever uh, in Ligue 1 history if they don't beat Marseille uh, next, uh, next Sunday. Um, and you you could sense that it was a it was a banker home win. Um, Toulouse were favourites to to win it, but it was extremely nervy, um, and the, the the chances weren't a plenty, shall we say? And uh, Troyes didn't didn't particularly defend uh, better than 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 they defend every every week. But uh, it was still it was still nervy, and they still had to keep their cool, and they still had to uh, get those three points because uh, uh, Reims lost lost at Marseille. Marseille won a home game, which is, need, needs to be uh, said. It hasn't happened since August, I believe. So well done to them. Um, Reims lost at Marseille, and Gazelet got um, uh, severely punished by PSG. I, we talked about this last week. We I didn't really expect um, PSG to uh, to destroy uh, Gazelet, but you know it did uh, it did happen. Um, so yeah, it's it's in Toulouse's hands, and uh, really really well done to uh, to Dupraff for um, doing already achieving this uh, this feat because uh, I I honestly believe that Toulouse were already going down given the um, the running they uh, they are they had um, even though with a change of uh, of management and Dupin managed to uh, at least make them uh, having a, a fighting a fighting chance now what they need to do is win at Angers which is not easy Angers only lost lost four times at home in the league which is uh, uh, the best uh, I say best best figure outside the top three um, except with loads of other sides who who lost uh, four four home games in the league, it's it's it it has some kind of nervy uh, nil nil um, really 
type game written all over it. Um, but I I also believe, and I, I think I think if it's going to happen, it's going to happen with um, you know a, a very um, a very tight game uh, concluded by uh, a one 0 goal from uh, from Wissam uh, Ben Yedder or maybe uh, maybe Trejo. The the other factors are I don't don't particularly see uh, Gazelec uh, winning at Lorient. I can maybe maybe a draw. Why not? And uh, are are you just going to not just not care about that last game at Reims, like we said before? I really don't think so. I really think you know it, it doesn't it doesn't look right now. It doesn't look uh, it doesn't look likely. Reims lost to uh, a shockingly bad uh, Marseille side at home, and uh, Lyon just uh, just defeated um, just defeated uh, Monaco in what what was the biggest uh, uh, the biggest win of of the season. Uh, bar PSG's 9-0 win at Troyes. So, uh, I mean, it, it doesn't look good for Gazelec or Reims. So I still, I still believe, not really sure if Toulouse are going to win at Angers, but I still believe that they are going to stay up. It's a, and it's a difficult game to judge, Eric, for Toulouse. I mean, a point might be enough, but a point might also be nowhere near enough. Do they, do they have to really go for the win at Angers? Yeah, I think so. I, I I think that Lorient have shown over the past few weeks that they're they're really not at the races, and I think that I would I would give Gazlec the the advantage there. I I do believe that Gazlec are going to go to Lorient and get three points. Uh, I think that that does force Toulouse to win, and I I don't know if they've got it in them. Uh, I see I see the results for next weekend being um, a Gazlec win, a Toulouse draw, and a Rennes loss, which would um, Allow Gazlec to stay safe with the other two being relegated. Um, I think that Leon, you know, even though they've accomplished what they want to this season, uh, I think that just the way that that team's approached things this in the second half of this season uh, aren't going to lay down. They're going to they're going to be the PSG, the Marseille, and, and be the spoiler for these relegation threatened teams by playing, uh, you know, playing at their their highest level. <laughs> it's a difficult one to judge, isn't it? I mean, looking at the games personally, I, I think uh, a way to Angers is, is not ideal, but something you wouldn't mind at the same time. They are not competing for anything anymore. They've not been as good in that second half of the season and aren't going to be a terrible obstacle for Toulouse to face at any point. Uh, as you said, Eric, it looks like Lorient are down tools really in the last couple of weeks, but... At the same time, I don't think Gazlec have the firepower or or the, the grit really going forward enough to go out and grab the win that they need. I, I could quite easily see that finishing as, as a nil-nil draw. And I don't know. Or even a dodgy 1-0 win for Lorient. Yeah, that it could quite easily be something like that just because Gazlec don't look like they're going to batter down the door uh, they need an, I think an early goal will settle them. I think they would need something early on, and then that Lorient aren't necessarily going to come back from that. That's what they need. And <laughs> it's going to sound strange, but do Lyon turn up at the weekend against Rance? It's a difficult one to call. You'd think they would, but with second practically assured... Rance desperately can only win if if Rance draw they they're out because they won't be able to pass Toulouse's goal difference so they will be relegated if they draw they'll obviously be relegated if they lost they have to win they unless to unless win. Toulouse lose five nil yeah but that Which but, could happen and but then but it, yeah. it and then it matters on Gazalek as well doing something that's different I mean yeah. it gives. I, I don't know. I, I, it's such a strange thing to think with Rance's form recently not being really good enough and not deserving of going up. But it, it's just one of those games where they, where you're absolutely backs against the walls, need a win. I mean, the others could do with a win, and a, a win will be important. But have they got enough to really? When you're backs against the walls, I think Rance might just. Do it. Uh, it would be a, it'd be a very. It's going to be a very interesting end of the season, isn't it, Philip? With those three, really, it could be anyone really staying up. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it, it, it really for me. It, it really is a case of 
uh, too late or too late for us. I mean, they, they, it's not like they didn't have the chances to 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 win to win football match, matches before. Now they're going to host the second best team in the, in the league. Um, just you know, lose at Marseille, that means you know, not good. Lose at home to Montpellier, who was safe, not good. Lose at Troyes. I mean, you know, it's just uh, too little. To, it just it just seems all, all the more baffling why they changed the manager after that uh, loss at Nice. This is what I think all three of us can agree uh, is completely uh, illogical. Completely illogical, mm -hmm. and we still don't really know why he got uh, he got signed, got replaced, and how we could uh, how we could just uh, expect a new guy to say, okay, we've got games against Montpellier and Marseille, we're going to win all three of them, and you know, we're gonna. We're gonna stay up, no problem. Uh, it was uh, it was really bad management, and to me they're already down. I mean, I just can't see them. I can't I can't see past uh, something like a two or three nil your win. Well, the strange thing is we we all seem to be picking different teams, but Eric, again, is it more of a case of Lorient not being good enough than uh, that pushes Gazalek over the line, and the other teams not doing enough? That get they eventually see someone safe. It's strange as that might sound. It's a combination of the two. I think that for me, I think that Gazalek and Toulouse both deserve to stay up. I think Rennes deserve to go down. Uh, I think that this appointment of Guillaume, who's totally made a hash of things um, in the in the run in his means the club have made a huge mistake. And again, he's totally messing with personnel. Uh, Anthony Weber's on the bench. Uh, Mohamed Fofana again hasn't played in months. Comes in to start alongside Mondi. At least he puts Mondi back back on the right side of the center backs. But it's just, I don't, I don't understand, you know, what this manager is trying to, trying to prove with the personnel that he's played. Um, and and for that, you know, they've reaped their rewards. Four four losses in a row, uh, and you know they've they're playing a Leon team. Even if they say start Fakir, Gaetan Perrin, and 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 Valbuena is their front three, resting, resting the habitual front three. I still think, you know, would give Rams enough to think about. Um, it's just, it's, it's self-inflicted. Uh, for Gazalek, yeah, I mean, Lorient are on the beach, and I, I think that they stand a good chance to win, but I, I wouldn't count to lose out. I just have a feeling that uh, Angers have played with a lot more defensive uh, resoluteness this season, and whereas Lorient have been a little bit more leaky at the back and perhaps might uh, might see themselves as as being a little bit of an easier mark, if you will. Yeah, and it, it, there's just so many permutations on that final day. Like we mentioned, it's going to be really, really interesting on those Saturday evening kickoffs. And uh, I don't know. I I just think that although football football can be cruel sometimes, I think, and like you mentioned, I think Toulouse and Gazlek have done enough, probably equally to stay up, but it would be football at the end of the day. Rams should have been safe a couple of weeks ago when they had those games that really they should have won, especially Troyes and Montpellier, and they go in a game where they not expected to win, get the three points, others slip up, and they, and they, stay, and they do it again. It's just how I think football goes sometimes, but like we say, Wait until the weekend. It's going to be a very, very interesting final weekend in Liga. We talk now on to Les Bleus as the manager Didier Deschamps will announce his 23-man squad on Thursday with seven reserves. So we at Get French Football News thought we should choose our own national squad to take to the European Championships. Uh, there will be three goalkeepers, eight defenders, six midfielders and six forwards. That will be the skeleton of our squad. So, we'll start with the men between the sticks. I want you gentlemen to state your case for one goalkeeper each, and as I will join as well, and then we will bring to a consensus. So I'll ask you, Philip, first, who would be your goalkeeper to bring? Boris. And why? <laughs> well, because he's the best. Uh, there's no, there's no, still uh, no question. Mandanda has had a fantastic season, and uh, but uh, Luis has, uh, has, has um, I reckon, marshaled the uh, the Spurs defense quite well. I mean, Spurs have had a, a great season as well. Um, I think it would be a really huge, huge surprise if Mandanda uh, started um, in place of uh, of Luis against um, Romania for the first game. I think Mondando will Mondando and Ruchi actually um, will get uh, will get a couple of games in friendlies. 
And I think we'll all agree that Lorries definitely deserves a spot. That's Eric, who will you join in that party for goalkeepers? I, I think Stefan Danda. I mean, again, these are these, those two always pick themselves, but. Uh, you know, Mandanda, you know, the argument could have been made perhaps last season and the season before that Mandanda was getting, uh, seeming to get picked based on reputation. Uh, and, but I think this season he's absolutely disproved that. He's been, you know, easily the best goalkeeper in Liga. Mm. And, and uh, you know, I think, you know, m- maybe he's given Lloris a little bit more of a challenge than he has over the past four or five years. And, and you know, perhaps deserves a start, say, if France win their two first two matches and it looks like they're set to go through. Maybe Lloris gets a start in the third group stage match or something like that. Or, sorry, Mandanda gets a start in the third group stage match. I think that his accomplishments over the season um, have been really impressive. Yeah, and, and I, I don't think anyone would disagree with you that, and Philip mentioned it briefly, that really Mandanda deserves to be in that squad, as does Lloris. I mean, the final goalkeeper really comes down to two men, in all honesty, and that's probably Stefan Ruffier and Benoit Castile and Based on the form they've had this season, I would prob and in previous seasons probably as well, that reputation as well. I think Stefan Ruffier just about Castile. I think he's much more of a consistent goalkeeper, especially this season. I think Castile's made a few mistakes in important games for 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 Ren that's really curtailed the European challenge that looked quite strong a couple of weeks ago and has completely fell off a cliff. Um, Ruffier is just a safe pair of hands if. One of Loris or Mondanda is injured, then he's certainly up to the task of sort of moving up that ability. Are we all happy of our goalkeepers, those three? Yeah. I think for a tournament that France have a chance to win, yes. Uh, but I still think there's something to be said for uh, Alphonse Ariola. I know he had a, a, a very poor match against Liverpool mm-hmm. midweek, but uh, I still think that there's something to be said for development. I mean, uh, Ruffier is 29, I want to say, or, or will be 29 this year. Uh, whereas Ariola generally looks to be the goalkeeper of the future, I, I do think that I do think that there is an argument to be made uh, for Ariola to be included in the squad just for the experience of being in a major tournament. Uh, again, Ruffier, you know, gets the nod. Uh, I think for me, based on his a fine season from him, particularly in the run and leading Saint Etienne up the table, but but also for for his his previous experience. Um, but you know. It, I feel like he's being picked almost as a sort of, sort of Mikel Landro with the World Cup in 2014. I mean, this is a player who's never going to see the pitch, doesn't necessarily have a real future uh, with the national team, being that Mandanda and Maurice are only uh, two, two and one years older older than he, respectively. It'd uh, be nice to see Ariola get a, a little bit more uh, time as, uh, as acknowledgement for his performances uh, with Villarreal this season. He's has, I believe, the third best goals conceded average uh, in La Liga, which is, you know, a really impressive figure, given given that Jan Oblak is going to be one of those, uh, you know, no question. So a great season for the youngster. Uh, the loss to Liverpool, notwithstanding, uh, I think there's some merit to be given to his his uh, inclusion in the national team uh, going forward. Oh, absolutely, I would absolutely agree with that, Eric. And but you mentioned it very briefly at the start of it, and this is a tournament that France probably desperately want to win, and I think. Because of that, simply, because it's that kind of tournament and they're the hosts, I think Ruffier deserves the nod just over Ariola. I would say, in in, in a strange contest, if, if this was a tournament elsewhere, if this wasn't hosted by France, then probably Ariola gets the nod as that experience for the tournament. But because this is so important to French football and France feel they have a real chance of winning, they need the best and most experienced goalkeeper available if someone... Like like Loris or Mandanda or even both, heaven forbid, get a little bit of a crazy injury. So we'll stick with the three we've had, but a very good, a very good case nonetheless that Ariola has definitely had an excellent season with that superb Villarreal defence, especially in Liga. Move on to the defenders now, uh, Philip. I'm going to get you to pick a right back, a left back, and a centre back for me. Um, who have you got in your three to choose? Just one centre back. Yeah, yeah, and then I'll pick. Okay. So I'm choosing Senya at right back, Ivar at left back, and Varane at centre back. Okay. Um, 
Sanya because I think he's uh, better than the other one I'm going to I'm picking. Uh, Evra for the same uh, for the same reason. I think he's due his uh, his last tournament. His last. Uh, I think he'll have a good tournament. He he did have a good season with Juventus, and Van because I think he is France's best centre back. Eric, who cool. would you pick? Uh, well, Christophe Jallet. Again, somewhat reluctantly, I think his forms. He played very well at the weekend, but his forms been a little, little uneven in the last two months. But I think he's generally been very reliable for Lyon and and for and for France. Maybe he doesn't offer quite as much as you'd like on international skill going forward, uh, but it's generally pretty dependable. Uh, for a centre back, uh, Laurent Koscielny, um, and for a left back, uh, Luca Dean, just because of the way he's been included in the squad, but. Uh, that's who I think Deschamps will pick. Who I would pick, honestly, I'd, I I pick uh, Gael Clichy over over Dean based on this season. I know I know Clichy's in the in the wilderness for a number of reasons, uh, but I think he's had a really a very quietly uh, sound season uh, for City this year. I think probably deserves it over Dean. Okay, I think my two selections to add to those few are obviously having to be centre backs with. With Sacco probably missing the tournament almost certainly, with Zuma definitely out for the tournament, I think Samuel and Titi has to be one. Um, he's had a superb, especially second half of the season with Lyon, and is really a player they want to consider in the future of this football of the national team as well, especially with the other great centre backs they have on on choice. And then you get a little bit difficult of who you pick, and for me. I think it's Loic Perrin. I think, although he's not had a lot of caps for France, he's very experienced, he's a very wily defender. He's been superb again for Saint-Étienne, as he pretty much always is, let's be honest. Um, he's a very stout defender that would, if they need to call upon him, they know he's reliable enough to bring that experience with them. Is there any objections to those? Is there anyone else we would like to see in instead of another? No. I wouldn't actually like to, to, to see him, but I think he will be in the squad because what 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 also the the, the choices I'm, I'm I'm picking are what I really think Deschamps will be picking uh, on Thursday. But I I just uh, know that uh, Eliakim Mangala won't be in the squad just because he's a Deschamps player, even though he's not the best uh, centre back in the world. Um, not on uh, I would. Think not uh, playing um, as a starter when, in the big games um, like against Spain or, or what have you, but I just uh, I just can't, I just can't see Dishon uh, taking uh, taking power over Mangala. I just can't see it, and I just I just can't see him not taking Evra, which which makes one of Clichy or Dean. I mean, to me, Dean is is uh, really really far from getting picked because because of what even because maybe of who he plays for and stuff like that. It's just Deschamps, Deschamps taking, you know, his players. Mm. And that seems to be sometimes the case with the French national team. But this is our team, so Philip, we won't be having... Luckily, thank God, we won't be having Akile Mangala, who's not really had a... Let's say it's been a very, very up-and-down season for the Frenchman at City. And yeah, yeah <laughs> at the very least, we're saying that. So our defenders at right-back, we're going for Bakary Sanya. And it, Christophe Jallet, although there, there might be a discussion for Sebastian Corsier, but I think Jallet, with that experience, will go for it. We'll go with the defenders that we've chosen of Varane, Koscielny, Umtiti, and Perra. And at left back, we'll settle. For, we'll go with your choice, Eric, of, Cl of Clichy rather than Luca Dean. And we'll go with also the more obvious choice of Patrice Evra, who probably will be playing his final tournament, I would think. Um, yeah. We'll we'll move on to the midfielders. We'll take two each on this one. Uh, Philip, who are you picking? Uh, so there's six midfielders. So shall I name just three? Uh, just two on this one. Just two. Uh, okay. Uh, Matuidi and Pogba. <laughs> it's nice that you get to go first, isn't it? And <laughs> that why would why why would you be picking those? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, best uh, best performer still uh, from uh, from what I've seen. Actually, I was expecting to be naming three because I would think France would be playing as four three three. Um, and then it gets really tricky. Then it gets, it gets really tricky. But to, to me, Madrid in probably as a as a standout performer. 
Eric, who are you taking? Uh, going to be a little bit controversial here. I'm going to include Hatem Ben Arfa as a midfielder, and uh, him along with uh, N'Golo Kante. Uh, um, I think that... Sorry? I was going to say, yeah, explain it, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, I think that given given the wealth of attacking options that France have, I think that... Um, I think that five five midfielders, four of the four of France's midfielders pick themselves, and I think we we all know who those are. Um, I think that Yohan Kabai's versatility makes him an inclusion, but I don't think uh, Mohamed Sissoko should be included. Uh, or sorry, Musa Sissoko uh, yeah. should be included. I, I think that Ben Arfa, uh, again, as we mentioned, playing in that 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 role on the right offers a lot more going forward, uh, particularly to make an in- impact on a match as a substitute. Uh, g- given what Sissoko's displayed this season, uh, and I, I think that I think that uh, from that count that, that those, I would pick, I would go with those two, um, given that the other other five can all do a job at, at various positions in midfield. There's enough positional and tactical versatility there for Deschamps to be able to include uh, Ben Arfa as a bit of a luxury, if you will. Yeah, and it, it's nice of me to leave myself to have the last two picks and difficult picks. They are you've mentioned a few there. Musa Sissoko, Johan Kabai, but neither have had particularly outstanding seasons, really, for, for their clubs. And they're both clubs have really struggled, in, especially in the second half of the season. One one nice, simple pick. I, I, will, I will pick Lissana Diara, who has had a solid season for Marseille, although it seems like it will just be the one with the club. And it's a really open pick for the other one. I mean, there's the two names I've already mentioned. There's Schneiderlin who's not necessarily had the best second of the season, this Maxime Gorlon. I think I stick with us. I will go with Johan Kabai simply because of his versatility and his experience within the squad. Um, he's able to play that more holding role if needed. He can play the Matuidi role if needed. He's not, re- he's not really someone who should be starting anymore for the French national team, but he certainly... With the options they have at the moment, fit and in form, he's probably the only one really that you can think of that deserves to be in that spot. Is there any arguments for anyone else to be in the team? No. No. So we'll stick with we'll stick, That's nice and easy then. We'll stick mm. with those six. So it's Pogba and Matuidi, the, the two certainties. Kante, uh, Ben Arthur as a midfielder, Kabai and Diara. So now we we get to the fun ones, I would say, as as the as the six forwards. So I'll let you go first, Philip. Who just two again from this section? Who you want to take? Okay, uh, Griezmann and Martial. Uh, Griezmann's uh, uh, goal against uh, Bayern Munich was absolutely sensational. Um, against Manuel Neuer in the semi-finals of the Champions League, he's probably France's best finisher. Uh, Martial for his versatility actually, he can play on the wing, he can play on both wings, he can play behind the strike, he can play centre forward, so definitely those two. Eric, who do you have? Uh, Dimitri Payet and Alexandre Lacazette. Um, Mm. I think that Lacazette's shown a massive amount of character in the run-in for Leon, not just his goals, but his his tracking back, his tackling, his his leadership on the pitch uh, has been really, really impressive for me. Uh, you know, I've again being a Leon fan, I've always appreciated him as a player, but I've always been somewhat in doubt about his attitude. But I, I think that the way he's performed this season under Zinesio has been nothing short of incredible. I, I think that you know, I know Ibrahimovic has had the goals, but I think for me, Lacazette's been the, the player of the season in the second half in France and uh, deserves an amount, immense amount of credit uh, for what his team have achieved. Uh, Dimitri Payet, I mean, that's that's obvious given the impact he had in the, the two recent friendlies and uh, the form he's shown for uh, for West Ham. And like Philip rightly says, both of these players as well uh, are incredibly versatile, uh, which allows which will allow Deschamps to be able to make uh, tactical switches uh, without having to make substitutions uh, should the need arise. Yeah, and it leaves me with at least one easy decision of of Kingsley Coman joining that group. I mean. He's probably, again, another versatile player that can play on either wing and add probably more of a, a, a wider threat as a winger than the other options that we have, maybe other than maybe Dimitri Payet. He's had an excellent season for Bayern Munich. We've seen it in the Champions League as well, 
really step up to that level that we never quite saw at Juve or at Paris Saint-Germain, but he's really coming on as a footballer now, and I think he's almost certain to go. And then it's between the two big forwards of Gignac and Giroud, and it's probably yeah, it's probably <laughs> Olivier Giroud for me. I think just because it will give you a different option if the game is going a certain way, you can bring Olivier Giroud on and he can do something a little bit different. He's good in the air. He he played really well against Man City. I'll give him some credit. He's been in poor form recently, struggling for the goals, but he grabbed one a great header of the weekend and, and did a superb little touch into Alexis Sanchez to, to score the equaliser for 2-2. I think he might just be getting into that right kind of form just when he needs to be to get in that France squad. Is there anyone else we would take in, in any arguments for anyone else there? No, we reluctantly took Giroud as well um, in front of... I was actually thinking more of Gomero than Gignac, uh, but uh, Gignac is a great call as well, and I also ended up uh, taking Giroud for his height. So, with that, if we're accepting, then that's the final piece of our squad. Yeah. A Griezmann, Marshall Coleman, Giroud, and Lacazette, and Paillet. So, that's our 23-man squad. With that, in the books, let's talk about some of the people who will miss out but we could possibly put on reserve as players to come in should anyone get injured. Philip, I just want maybe one or two names from you of ideas of players you would have on that secondary list just in case. Mm -hmm. um, on midfield, I don't really have uh, have uh, have one for for defenders as uh, uh, I think I think Louis Pierre will probably be in the seven that would uh, would stand out midfield. Uh, I think uh, uh, Schneiderlin will be very very close, but won't make it eventually. Uh, and as we touched upon, um, I don't uh, I don't uh, think that uh, neither Gamera nor Giroud will be will be in the in will be stand-ins as well. Um, but eventually, not uh, not made the squad. Eric, who do you have as a, as an extra reserve should anyone get injured? I think Gamero. I mean, he's got the versatility and the ability. He's had a fantastic se season for Sevilla. Um, you know, he's he's proven himself against multiple big clubs. Uh, and uh, again, I think that for his versatility as well, um, maybe you could make a case um, for. For Levin Kurzawa uh, or Sebastian Corsia, I think that um, you know France are going to have a real issue at right back in the near future. Uh, you know Matthew Debuchy, You know I, I, we haven't mentioned him in this conversation, but again he does have a, quite a few caps for France. Uh, and since his return from injury has really been impressive for Bordeaux, um, I think that I think that he deserves. I mentioned in the conversation. Making the 30, that's a really tough call. Uh, of course, she has been doing it uh, all season long, whereas debuchy has been you know, basing this on five or six weeks since returning from his injury uh, during his time at Bordeaux. I think I have quite an interesting reserve that I would like to throw in the mix in midfield with such a central position. Matuidi and Pogba are guarantees, but with so many players like I've mentioned, Kabai, Sissoko... Schneiderlin, Kondogby has not had the greatest of seasons either. They need maybe someone a little bit different that's had a good season that might want to show his worth on that top stage, and it might <laughs> it might be a little bit too early to be asking for this. But I think Vincent Cogello might be a reserve. It might be a bit of a risk, and it might be <laughs> a little bit of left field. But um, he's had an excellent season for Nice. He's really grown under Puel and learnt from Hatem Benarfa. He's clever at going forward, he's good at keeping the ball, he's got good positional sense to intercept the ball when he needs to be. He could be someone that France will definitely be considering in the future. So he might be a name that's thrown up there. There's other names that might be youngsters I, that again... I take so Rabiot, sorry, I take Rabiot or Tolisso over him based on what they've achieved for the under-21 team and, and their mm -hmm. club. I know Tolisso's hurt, but I think both of them have a, a much more impressive track record over multiple seasons. I appreciate what you're saying, Nathan. I, I do think Cazello is one for the future, but I think that I think that Rabiot or Tolisso, given their versatility, make a little bit more sense. 
I think you make an excellent point about Rabiot though as well. That might be another player they may consider as a reserve with the with the form of some of these players. Like I mean, Musa Sissoko has been anonymous at times for Newcastle, and that simply can't happen if they need someone. If there is a lot of injuries, or even in the squad, someone like Rabiot might be considered. And other young names that might be considered as Dembele might be considered. Again, it might be too soon, but you never really know with the with the national teams of any club. And maybe Fakir, it might be again a little bit too soon, but he's such an X factor that even just as a reserve, if someone like Paye gets injured, that's got that inventiveness about him, or heaven forbid someone like Griezmann get injured or Coleman where the creativity is taking a little bit out of the side someone that can do something a little bit out of the ordinary I wouldn't be too consider. surprised to see him in the stand-ins actually it yeah because he's got that X factor hasn't it yeah and plus you know if, if he's in really good form he could he could he could play games and uh, and help help the team. And as you said, if if a, if a real if a true winger gets uh, gets injured, uh, Fikir will be there to uh, to fill, fill in. It would be a great uh, great stand-in, but uh, definitely one to start to be in the full squad. Uh, of course, uh, bearing uh, injuries uh, f for uh, for Russia. Mm. It's definitely one for 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 the future. It would be it would be a good experience for him, of course. Um, but that would uh, that would depend on Kerman or Griezmann or um, or Benarf or some some other players getting injured, which but, we do not hope for. No, but the the real positive, at least, like we've had a big long look at all the all the squad permutations. There's at least plenty of depth in that French national team, and they hopefully, for their sake, will have a good tournament. But that's all for us for this week. My thanks to Eric and Philip and to everyone listening at home. Please subscribe to the show on your preferred platform, whether it be iTunes, SoundCloud, or our YouTube channel. We'll be live again next Monday. Abianto, and goodbye.